Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, this is The Ramsey Show, where we help you win in your life, specifically with your money, your work, and in your relationships. 888-825-5225 is the number for you to jump in. We'd love to talk with you. I'm Ken Coleman. George Camel joins me. We're Ramsey Personalities, and we are here for you. I'll help you on any work-related questions. Chime in on the money stuff. George will help you out on the money stuff. Chime in on any work-related stuff. So we love uh, taking your calls. We're all about helping you win. So let's get to it. Sonia or Sonia? I never know, George. We're going to find out. You feel like it's Sonia? Yeah. I'm going to go with Sonia as well. We'll see. Sonia, is that how we say your name in Dallas, Texas? Hi, George. Hi, Ken. This is Sonia. Yes. Yes. Sonia. We got it right. Okay. (laughs) it's such an honor to speak with both of you. I'm so nervous. My heart is pounding. Oh, my goodness. Well, but, first of all, all right, take a deep breath and know that you're already doing a wonderful job. So we're here for you. You can't you can't mess this up because it's all about your story. So what's up? All right. So we have two residences. We have a rental property out in Arkansas, and we have a primary residence out here in Dallas, Fort Worth, that we just bought last year. And my husband and I have been at a tug of war between whether we sell the Arkansas property, it's a paid for rental property, um, to pay off our primary residence, or I should re- rephrase, it's not to pay off, but to expedite the process of paying off our primary residence. He wants to keep the rental, I want to sell it. So, Is this rental property changing your life financially? Um. Yes, in a way, because that would mean that it would, like, very quickly pay off our primary residence. Um, no, I mean, currently, with the rent you're getting from this place and the headache, is it is it just like, wow, we're making 50 grand a year from this rental? No, we're not, because um, if, if it's okay, I'd like to give you some numbers. Sure. Um, and so we, we make, um, pretty decent income. We make about 220,000. Um, and we, our rental property is worth about 350,000 and our primary residence, which we still have a mortgage on is about 548,000. We have no other debt. Uh, we have a pretty um, decent retirement, um, 401k set up. Um, and we're, yeah, both under 40. So I think, you know, either way, I know that we'll be okay. It's just that for me, I'm in a hurry just to clear out all my debt so that we can, you know, utilize that money towards putting it towards so many other things. Um, he, on the other hand, wants to keep his investment property because he feels like he's never going to get um, another opportunity, you know, at that price that we bought about seven years ago. Okay, what is this rental property bringing in? It's bringing in about twenty four thousand a year. Okay, and that's on top of your two twenty. Correct. And what's your monthly mortgage payment? Here it's about four thousand. So you're telling me if you pay off this mortgage, you would have four thousand dollars back in your life every month. Yes. Which is double what you're making from the rental property. Yes. And uh, not to mention interest because, you know, that's the killer because we ended up buying it, I think, at the peak. Um, well, it's still pretty bad, but I know last year, right before it kind of slowed down, that's when we bought our current home that we live in. So what's your interest rate on the primary? 5.5. Okay. And what's the mortgage? You said the 548. Is that what's left on the mortgage or is that what it's worth? It's worth about six seventy five. Uh, we have about five forty eight left. Okay, 
Yeah, that's a hefty mortgage. Makes sense that it's four thousand dollars with those interest rates. Uh, and mm-hmm. you're going to take all of the equity, all the proceeds you get from the rental would go onto your primary, knocking it down yes. to about what? That's what I would like. Yes, close to two hundred left. Uh, I mean, after capital gains, because we haven't lived in that, we've been running it out for the last like four years. So after the capital gains, I'm not sure. Um, but it's still a very substantial amount that we would knock it down to. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's just about, you know, I guess us trying to be on the same page about it, but I am always, you guys have really changed our lives because I know we uh, found you in the pandemic and we had two kids since the pandemic and we're just trying to make sure that, you know, we're, we're on baby step four, five, six. So, you know, we're, we just want to make sure that, you know, we're, we're, going to get to that uh, millionaire status very soon. Absolutely. Well, I'm on your team, maybe not for the same reasons, but I think, you know, the way we look at it is this, and Ken, chime in on this. If you were living in Texas and you said, hey, we're looking at this investment property in Arkansas that we want to buy, you wouldn't do that, would you? It doesn't make sense to be a long distance landlord. And so that's kind of how I reverse engineer it to go, I'm selling this thing. I know it's beautiful. It's paid for, which is awesome. I love that for you guys. And the money's nice, especially when it's cash flowing like that with no mortgage attached to it. But at the same time, I think you guys are going to be back there because think about this. You're going to have a little over 200 left on the mortgage. You're making 220. You're going to pay that thing off in two years. And now you're making 220 with no mortgage, which is going to free up 50 grand that you can then put towards saving up for a new investment property. Right. And his argument is just that he does not want, he doesn't think that he's going to get an investment property at such a low. Cause when we bought it seven years ago, we bought it for like 200,000. And so he just feels like it's just, that's not going to happen now. Um, even after we pay off our primary residence, which I disagree with, but I'm just, I'm trying to make this call just so, you know, I'm able to persuade him, um, you know, that he does, we end up selling it and putting it towards our primary resident. It was kind of like sure. a little challenge because he was like, why don't you call Dave Ramsey and find out? And I'm like, yeah. you know well, what? I will do it. I'm glad you did because he can watch this. You can actually watch this back. George asked me to chime in. This is what I'm going to say. I think that what he has to understand is that he's looking at this from a scarcity mindset versus abundance. That's all a bunch of fancy stuff. Let me just break it down. What that means is he's going, I, if we sell this now, we're never going to find a property like this again, as opposed to what I thought George laid out beautifully. Focus on what this property, because it's debt-free and you can now sell it, what does it do for your future? He's kind of in right. the past on this, and he's going, well, it's paid for, it's thrown off this, but George is right. It's long distance. It's it's a pain in the neck. And instead of looking at what do we got to do to keep it, it's celebrate what we what we are going to do with it because we can sell it. I just think it's a shift in mindset and he's worried about the wrong thing as opposed to going, wait a second, this is a massive fast forward button. That's what I think. Absolutely. And he also needs to remember that he almost doubled the the home yes. appreciation here. He bought it at 200 and now it's worth Fantastic. 350. Let's celebrate that. That's a huge win. And it's and one of the beauties it. of real estate. Leverage it. Just that's what you have to think of is like how much further do we get far? I mean, get ahead in life by leveraging this investment. That's the right kind of leverage right there. It really is. Instead Fantastic. of debt leverage. So you guys have done a great job. Though. I'm proud of Sonia and her husband. I'm excited. They're, they're not even 40 yet. And here they are making these kinds of choices. Yeah. Hopefully Hubs gets on board. Uh, for the record, Hubs, George and I are with your wife. Uh, it's three against one. It's three against one. I'm not a math prodigy, but I think we're winning. Uh, 
I think it's one. If it's a vote, we voted. We'll see. We'll see what happens. If only Congress handled things that easily, we'd be in a better place. But I digress. Amen. He's George Campbell. I'm Ken Coleman. This is The Ramsey Show. Don't move. More coming up. Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LSC. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Kid Coleman. George Camel joins me. We are here for you, America. 888-825-5225. Taking your money questions and your work questions. Those, the money work thing, uh, very, very... Inextricably very, tied. Thank you. That's the word you were looking for. I wa- you knew it, too. Uh, I, I love a good uh, usage of inextricable. By the way, use that at your holiday parties, a little bonus. And uh, that's a 50-cent word that people go, okay. I was going to go $10, Bob, but... You think it's $10? It's a $10 word. Okay, very good. Uh, hey, listen, let me tell you what I think is is maybe one of the most invaluable shows we do here at The Ramsey. Uh, network and, and The Ramsey Show, and that's our giving edition of The Ramsey Show. It's a fan favorite. We do this every year around Christmas time. What does that mean? We want to hear your stories. You're always the star of the show as we take your calls. But we want to flip it a little bit and you say you're the star, uh, but you're going to share stories. doesn't have to be a story about you specifically, could involve you, but it is a giving story. Maybe you've tipped the waitress 100 bucks, or you bought Thanksgiving dinner or toys for, for, for tots that need it. Who knows? Maybe you've been on the receiving end of an unbelievable gift and uh, you want to thank that person or persons who gave to you. We want to hear it. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash ask. That's RamseySolutions.com slash ask and put giving in the subject line. Uh, and we do this every year around Christmas time. It's coming up. It'll be here before you know it, know it, George. December 18th. By the way, it's probably time for you to start shopping for your old pal. Ken Coleman? Yeah, your desk mate. That's speaking of generosity. We'll see how I love, generous I feel this uh, okay. all holiday right. season. I'll try to be nicer throughout the rest of the show. How many cashmere sweaters do you need, Ken? That's all I'm saying. Well, you know, you need one of every color. Don't forget the cardigan cashmere is the double combo. That's right. That, if you really love me, that's what you'll get me. Just wow. so you can make more fun of me. Uh, but I digress. December 18th, The Giving Show. As you know, for decades, Dave has challenged us all to live like no one else. So later you can give like no one else we'd love to hear your story all right it's time for our question of the day brought to you by neighborly i feel like we need a jingle on this i don't think they want it from us i'll tell you that much i think they probably would like it if you and i harmonized neighborly and kind of went up kind of just the octave yeah let's work on that yeah we're gonna work on that we'll see how that goes james is shaking his head vociferously right now 
your hub for home services is neighborly. When you need to make repairs, schedule routine maintenance, or get local help for home improvement projects like George and I need because we can't do anything around the house, go to neighborly.com slash Ramsey, your source to find and schedule reliable home service providers in your area. Today's question comes from Maria in Arizona. I'm trying to make a decision. I recently started a new job, but I feel like the nature of the work is not my passion. However, the job pays really well. I'm making around $91,000, but I'm thinking about going into another position where I would be taking a drastic pay cut, more like $42,000. But I feel like this other position would be less stressful and somewhere I could make more of an impact. But I'm not sure it's the right decision. How do you balance pay with something you feel called to? Oh, I love this question. I love this question. And can I just tell you, Tell me. He's not here today, but Dave kind of doesn't like it when I throw this out there. And 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 uh, let me tell you what I think about this. Um, and I base this on fact. Ramsey Solutions, George, as you know, has done the largest study of net worth millionaires all time, over 10,000. Number three in the top three group of, of, of net worth millionaires were teachers. So what that tells us, all of us, is that you can become a millionaire by living on less than you make. And that is largely driven, George, by contentment. Contentment with your contribution. Uh, you know, as Deloney says sometimes, are you willing to live a, a, a civic life? You know, a Honda Civic. Are you willing to drive these things? Are you willing to live in a ranch that maybe was built in 1955? That, that's the idea. And in America's consumer culture, it's more and more bigger, that's increasingly newer, difficult. nicer. That's right. So I, that's philosophically setting up my answer here. And I believe that if um, Maria can live off of 42K versus 91, that's a big cut, George. But if she and her family in that situation, they don't go into a super tight paycheck to paycheck style of living. Uh, then, then I'm all for it. So, if you can afford it, do it. Now, the the caveat there is, what must I do to be able to afford working in a forty two thousand dollar job? And if you can do it, and you're content in it, I say absolutely do it. And I think that we're seeing this younger generation. I'm having some fascinating conversations with Ty, my oldest. You know, Gen Z is thinking more and more about contentment. They really are about yeah. the kind of life they want to live. Well, they've live. seen their parents work jobs they hate. They don't like the rat race. They're watching it, and they're going, I don't get it. We're seeing more and more of these videos pop up on TikTok, and I and I actually applaud them. And so in this situation, uh, if you can manage the drastic pay cut, but on the backside of it, you're not hurting yourself financially, putting yourself in a negative situation, and you are content and fulfilled, I say absolutely do it. Yeah, I like that caveat. How controversial is that, George? Um, I think you have a great point. It's not all you can't just look at, well, I would never take a pay cut. Uh, I've been there, and you might take the pay cut temporarily. Now, my goal for Maria is that if it's something she loves doing, that tells me that she's probably going to be really good at it because she's focused and intense about it, which tells me she's probably going to be making more money soon. And so I would be looking at the overall trajectory. Maybe. I want to caution against that. She might not be making $100,000 ever doing this. We don't know. I want to use an extreme example here to make a a bigger point, if we could. Um, Mother Teresa lives her life That's an extreme example. I understand, but, but the point is made. This is a woman who was given to ministry and service, and she decided to live 
she changed her lifestyle to be able to do the things she was called to. I'm not saying we all are called to poverty. But are you willing to make the sacrifices needed to do that mission? That's the issue. What's driving you? Stuff or significance? I do think it's that simple. And I think you can change your lifestyle to fit that. I really do. I believe that. I believe that. So just want to that out. Yeah, if we were on the phone with Maria, we'd have a lot a better picture of what yeah. her financial life looks like if this is a good idea right now. Yeah. But that's a great answer, Ken. All right, let's get to Joe in Washington, D.C. Joe, how can we help? Hi. Um, yeah, I was just calling because I have uh, some student loan debt, um, and I was just wondering the best ways I should go about handling that. Okay, how much student loan debt do you have? I have just under 40000 uh, 38000 Okay, and are you working in a job right now? If so, what do you make? I am. Um, right now I make uh, 4000 a month after taxes. Okay, any other debt besides the student loan debt? Nope, just student loans, no credit card or anything else. Great. All right, how George, many, how many student loans do you have? If you broke them all out, how many are there? Uh, I believe four. Okay, awesome. So if you look at the smallest debt, uh, you want to attack that one first while making minimum payments on the rest. That's called the debt snowball method. It's just smallest to largest balance, focus intensity on the smallest one. And I had a very similar mm -hmm. situation to yours. I had 36000 in student loan debt, and I paid it off in 18 months, wow. and I wasn't even making what you were making. How'd okay. you do it, George? It was side hustles, lean cuisines, uh, living on less than I make, <laughs> saying no to friends, keeping my lifestyle in check, all of those things over 18 months, you start to go, all right, this becomes a math problem, doesn't it? Thirteen. Thir if you make $4,000 a month, mm -hmm. you have 38000 in student loan debt. I want you to pay it off in 18 months. You need to be putting over 2000 a month toward your student loans. Can you do that currently with your budget? I, I believe I can, but I, I also have uh, 42000 in savings. Oh, my Joe! gosh. My Joe! one predicament was if I should just... Why'd you bury the lead, my man? <laughs> okay, this becomes a lot easier. Tell him, George. We got Pay about it off. 50 seconds. How Pay does it, it off it? today. That leaves you with four grand, right? Yes. Now we're going to build a fully funded emergency fund from there with this newfound money because you just freed up all those payments. I'm telling you, okay. it's worth it. You wouldn't be calling on the show if you were debt free. And it tells me you don't want yep. this debt in your life. You have the money to pay it off. I know it hurts because you've worked so hard to build that 42000 But it had Sally Mae's name on it. And it still does until you're free from her. Break the chain, my man. Pay it off. You, won't, you will not regret it. And you're going to be back to having that forty k in savings real soon. Sally and Fannie Mae, the sisters of misery. Get them out of there. Yeah. Nice sisters ladies. of misery. It sounds nice. like a rock and roll. Uh, yeah. Nice ladies, though. Really? If you get to know them. I'm kidding. Sarcasm, folks. I'll tell you a fun story coming back right after the break. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make health care more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's health care costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the health care provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org budget. That's chministries.org budget. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. We're so thrilled you're with us. We're here to help you win in your money and in your work today. I'm Ken Coleman, 
George Campbell joins me. Uh, folks, it is that time of the year where you got to get that gift. And, and can we be honest with you for, for, for just a moment? Uh, as if we're not going to be honest the rest of the show. I don't know what that means. What a nice change of pace, Ken, that you're going to be honest. Yeah, we're going to be honest. So uh, the, 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 uh, the amount of gifts we feel pressured to buy in America around Christmas time, it's endless, George. I feel it. It, it used to be the family... And then it was like, well, our Uncle Uncle Larry and Aunt Maud coming in. Well, we got to get him something. We got to get Aunt Maud. You know, it's like. And then at what point you go? Well, we're not going to send gifts, you know, away anymore. It's just all this stress around gift buying. It's a lot. All right. Then you got the office gifts. Do you buy a gift for the boss? Do you get it for the coworker? I mean, I try to put as much pressure on you as possible to well, get me a Well, the Ken Coleman gift. Show team. I know they're they're getting some nice gifts. Yeah, this year. yeah. The Isotoners are going to be great. Uh, thanks to Dan Marino. But, uh, but you know, it's like, but okay, so what do I get? What if I get a gift that keeps on giving? And this is not the Jelly, jelly of the Month Club from National Lampoon. Is it Jello or Jelly? I think it's Jelly. I think it's Jelly. Uh, how about meaningful gifts in our $12 sale at Ramsey Solutions? Our best-selling books like Total Money Makeover, Baby Steps a Millionaire, uh, Own Your Past, Change Your Future, Don't Forget From Paycheck to Purpose, just $12 each. Uh, Quest is for human cards. There's only 300 of those decks. so Something for everyone. Something for everybody. I think they have it for dogs at this point. I saw one the other day. It was Question for Humans octogenarian version. So wow. If you're hanging out at the, the uh, old folks' home. For those that have some years experience. Yeah, you know, because you know, it's like a decade-sensitive type deck there. You that's know? true. Uh, so that's out there. All kinds of great stuff at RamseySolutions.com slash store. RamseySolutions.com slash store. Check it out. You can't beat that sale. So there you go. Fun stuff. All right, to the phones we go. Detroit, Michigan is where Andrew joins us. Andrew, how can we help? Hi, guys. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. What's up? <clears throat> A few years ago, I uh, stopped working my 9 to 5 to do ride share. And uh, recently they said uh, that uh, we can't do the ride share, the luxury ride share anymore. So I've been going through my savings. But most importantly, my daughter helped me purchase the car for Lyft. And I've been hearing her show that they sh- we should just sell these bad loans or cars with bad loans. But um, we're pretty underwater on the car. And I was wondering, how do I go about selling the car that you're uh, underwater on? And how can I improve my situation until I find another job, basically? What were you doing before Rideshare? I was working as a technical writer. Okay. Were you making more money doing rideshare? Is that why you quit it? Exactly. I started making about $300 more a week, and I had more time for myself, so I said it sounds like a better gig. So I, I started working less hours doing rideshare and earning a little more money. Okay. Now, what happens when you get rid of this car? Because you just lost your full-time job, essentially. Exactly. Uh well, basically, the I don't I have a I have a paid for car, so I have a car that I can drive. Oh, you got two cars. One uh, is for ride share. One is your personal, essentially. Uh, yes. Well, now it is. I I had it like an old beater sitting in the backyard that I never drove. But now I, <laughs> if I can get rid of the car, I don't mind driving. Yeah. So you're my upside wife, down. My wife has a very very much so. All right, give us the numbers. Uh, it's. I still owe about fifty, a little more than fifty-two, and it's only worth about twenty-five. What car is this? This is a Tesla Model X, and I used it for uh, luxury driving. 
And they said, uh, Lyft has said, we're not going to do luxury driving anymore in my area. So I can't, uh, it can't support it. When I was, when it was going strong, I had no issues at all. I got a nice budget, but now I'm going through all of me and my wife's savings and I'm trying to see. What year is it? Why do you think it's only worth 25K? Is it just super high mileage because of how much driving you do? Uh, the mileage and the condition, and they, they, they don't have a good resale value to begin with. So Uh-oh, I, I George. looked up. Well, what year is it? This is a 2016. Okay. So it's older, but you bought it brand new back in 2016? I did not. I bought it used uh, okay. a few years ago. And you still had a $52,000 loan on it. Exactly. Yes. Oh man. Well, you probably bought at the height on top of you know the market car market taking a dip. Oh boy. Okay. How yes. much money do you have in savings? I've been we've been going. I went through my savings trying to find another job, so I don't have anything. I have about twelve hundred dollars. And my guess is your credit is shot, considering your daughter had to co-sign for you. Indeed, it is. Goodness gracious. Yeah, when you said my daughter helped my me, wife. she did not help you. She enabled a terrible financial decision that she's now caught up in. Two too bad financial decisions. What is her financial state? Uh, me and my daughter? Yeah. Uh, it's okay. I helped her uh, get a, buy a house a few years ago, and the, uh, the car is actually doing damage to her as well. I did tell her to get a house. I think y'all need to but, stop uh, helping each other because it usually ends up with bad decisions being made. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Let's I, let her do her thing and you do your thing. Yeah, maybe I, so. So, George, I think there's no short sell option here because he can't get a loan from a credit union. Yeah, for they're the not going to give amount. you the difference. I think you're going to be working yourself to almost asleep. You're working like crazy and way better pay. You're not driving anymore, but you got to pay this thing off, or at least pay it down to where you can yeah. make a little something on it. You still owe fifty two. I still uh, a little more than fifty two. Yes. Sir. What was the original balance? Uh, it was around sixty. Oh. I didn't originally have it for uh, ride share, but I got it because it the free it was free gas or free energy. I didn't have to pay for for the energy to use. Now I'm using ride share. I was paying for a lot of gas, so that might as well. Oh boy! Free energy, so. going sixty grand into debt for free energy. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Okay. Well, I would look- you you can try going to you know where the loan is held and walking into that bank and saying, "I need to talk to the manager." Here's the situation: you guys have a bad loan on your hands because this car is only worth this much. I owe this much. I need to, the difference in a loan okay. so I can pay down that twenty five or twenty seven or whatever the difference is in order to get out from under this. That's the only way you're going to get out of this thing other than just paying it down. Okay. Or saving up the difference yeah. and then selling it. But and you got to fight for those it. Those are three tough options. But you got to fight for it. You got to really convince them that they're going to get their 25 or 27 back. They're probably not going to get the 50, whatever. And and you got to hope that they look at that and they believe you and, and there's your shot. And you can pay that off a lot quicker than you can the 52. But, but I mean, you're going to need another job. Whew, a couple of jobs. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking out to do a replacement. I thought I could try to find something that makes the same amount, but I, I'm going to be selling here shortly because I need to get back <laughs> in the workplace. Yeah, but again, like I said, two or three jobs, savings. four jobs, but, selling everything else. You got anything else you can sell? Uh, my house, actually. Well, uh, that's an extreme situation. But then you're going to have a. You, you said you own it free and clear. 
uh, technically because I bought it and then I maxed out some credit cards to get it, but to get it uh, <laughs> operational. But yes, it's technically free and clear besides the credit cards that I maxed out to make it right. Okay. And I would do some more homework on that car value because I'm looking it up right now. It seems real low. Uh, what I'm seeing online right now is anywhere from 33 to 40 is what that car should be worth. So before you just go, it's worth 25, you might have a shorter gap or smaller gap than you think you do, and that could give you some hope to get out of this thing sooner. Okay. Okay. Yeah, tell him what, tell you, that's just a same area as he is, and then I just did my zip code with a hundred mile radius and see what these cars are going for. Twenty sixteen model X. Okay, so it's that easy. So Andrew, let's go, let's go multiple sites, get the value up on that. Let's get the most we can, get to the bank, and get busy. You've got to change this stuff, and I would not right now sell that house. We want to hold on to that. If you if you own that, that's a last no ditch debt. effort to avoid bankruptcy. Yeah, don't don't rush into that. Thank you for the call. This is the Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. So excited to have you with us as we talk with you about you, specifically your life. We want to help you win financially, and a big part of that is winning professionally. And so I'm Ken Coleman, the work personality here at Ramsey Solutions. George Camel, one of our financial and money personalities, is with me today, 888-825-5225. How can George and I help you uh, in those areas? We'd love to hear from you, 888 Five two two five. Speaking of how we can help you, uh, for years we've talked to people about knowing where your money is, where is it going, why is it going there is a part of the process of the baby steps that we teach to help you win with money. And Every Dollar is our world-class budgeting app that helps you manage money the Ramsey way. You can start every dollar for free and immediately to see where you stand with your money. It helps you get organized, personalize your budget, stop overspending, and save if you're brand new to Every Dollar, we'll show you a long-term financial roadmap, track your net worth, debt-free date, retirement date, baby step progress, and so much more. It's just walking alongside of you, taking the stress out of this process. And we want you, we want you to actually engage in this app. It'll help you build wealth and reach your financial goals. You can download the free app for iOS and Android or go to everydollar.com to get started. That's everydollar.com. By the way, do you have something going on, a webinar of, of sorts? Has that already happened? Okay. Rachel did one today, oh, she, but oh, we do them right, ongoing. Okay. And so Rachel, Jade, and I have been doing these really Very fun good. webinars at everydollar.com slash budgeting. We always let people know when the next one's coming up, but they're just free. They're an yeah. hour long, and we kind of onboard people, yeah. show them all the features, and show them how it can create margin and peace in their, in yeah, their so financial life. Yeah, so look out for that, everydollar.com slash budgeting. Uh, get on board in the next one. It's really a fun way to kind of kick the tires and, and realize it's easier than you think. So there you go. All right, to the phones we go. Chicago is where Kyle joins us. Kyle, how can we help? Hi, uh, thank you for taking my call. How are sure. you doing today? We're doing great. What's going on with you? Uh, so just a little bit of backstory. Uh, I'm on baby step number three. Uh, so trying to save three, six months of emergency fund. Um, but I own a townhouse in the Chicagoland area. But my cousin goes to University of Tennessee, Knoxville, and uh, my uncle and I were thinking about going in on a townhouse for her and a couple of roommates together. Mm-hmm. So I was just wondering your opinion if I should go in with my uncle on that financial investment or if I should hold off until I basically pay off my townhome mortgage until I basically try to invest in real estate further. Well, I think you know the answer. You called our show and you know when investing in real estate would fall into the baby steps and that's after you have your primary home paid off and you do it with cash 
And so, no, I would not step into this. And there's other reasons, too. This just sounds messy. You're going into this deal with a family member and equity and deeds and it's long distance. There's a lot that I don't like about this plan, truthfully. In your okay. financial position as well, being in baby step three, you don't have an emergency fund in place. You don't have your townhome paid off, it sounds like, correct? Correct. I, I do not have it paid off currently. There's about... Uh uh, I've paid off about 58000 but there's still about 182 left to go. Okay. And this would obviously slow down your financial progress there. Correct, yeah. And you don't have any money to put into this investment. Do you have separate savings? Uh, I, yes, I do. So I have uh, about 13000 in a CD right now that would mature before we would go in on the investment. So that would be around 14000 And then I have 10000 in in my savings, which is kind of the building blocks for my emergency fund. And then I have about 5000 in my checking. And then uh, about 33000 between a 401k, uh, HSA, and uh, stock market. Okay. Well, if you have anything that's non-retirement, I think you could liquidate that to help speed up the emergency fund. And I would use that CD money to fully fund your emergency fund. And I wouldn't have done the CD to begin with because of how illiquid it is, but that's for another time. But I would focus mm-hmm. on the baby steps. Right now, you're doing a lot at once. I assume you're investing as well. Uh, just through my 401k, but in the stock market, I'm kind of holding off on that for now until I get in a better financial position. Yeah. So, I mean, you're doing Kyle's plan, which is fine. You're, there's, I'm not saying you won't succeed in that, but I'm telling you, mm-hmm. when you follow a proven plan and you just pause investing, let's get the baby, uh, the emergency fund set up in baby step three. Let's begin investing the right way, 15% into retirement. Let's pay off the house and let's save that investment property for a later date. And I would do it on your terms and I would not do a long distance, and I probably wouldn't involve family because that just is—it's going to get messy, and we we okay, just yeah, see no, that, that too much on this show. Okay, yeah, no, that's understandable. Uh, but thank you for your opinion and, and uh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, thanks. Not, for the call. not the answer he wanted to hear, I could tell. But Ken, the amount of time someone called into the show and said, "I went in on this investment property with my uncle, uncle. long distance, and it has worked out amazingly." That's well. right. It's usually I went in on this deal with my uncle and. You're the last call we make until we go to the people's court. You there know we what go. I mean? By the way, who's there now? It's Judge Wapner's long gone. Who's, uh, you know, I don't know. As astute as I am, I've not kept up with the <laughs> roster of who's running the Who's the, the latest court. judge? But we were having a little fun with the fact that it's just a mess. Yeah. Because what happens later on down the road? Uncle wants to sell. He needs the money. You yeah. don't want to sell. There's yeah. capital gains. That's right. Who's going to go deal with the HVAC he situation? Can't. Well, if Uncle Larry's taking care of it. You know, and he can't do it anymore because of his gout, you know, kind of kicked up, no pun intended. Then, you know, we got a problem. Just stay out of the family real estate. Everything looks good on paper until life happens. Isn't that true? And that's what we deal with on the show is on the other side when life happened and it didn't work out. All right. Life happens caller after caller. Pat is now joining us in Birmingham. Pat, how can we help? Hey, how's it going? Um, My question is um, I have... Uh, asbestos in my popcorn ceiling. Oh, and I'm wondering if it constitutes uh, an emergency fund draw. Um, I'm trying to save up for my three to six month emergency fund. I have about six thousand right now, and the job would cost um, around eight to ten thousand. Oof. Um, they've offered uh, to to do like payments for three payments, three equal payments. Um, but uh, I'm just not sure if I should if I should pull the trigger on it could right you now, cash right? flow oh, it with the three equal payments i think so and is it yeah. th- this isn't uh no no interest correct 
Right. George, yeah. what do you think yeah. about that? I mean, that would be, you, you've got to fix this ASAP. You can't live there, right? Yeah, I mean, from what I've heard, as long as you don't, like, touch and, and you don't mess with it, then then it's fine. Um, a lot of people have said just remediate the one spot, um, you know, but uh, for resale purposes and, and just for peace of mind, I would rather get the whole house done. And that would cost you eight, you said? Yeah. Have yeah, you got a few well, bids? Eight without the eight without the drywall finishing, the ceiling finishing, uh, and then probably about ten with the ceiling refinished. How quickly could uh, you save up two grand? If you days. sold stuff, got a side job, whatever it took, could you do that in a week or two? Three weeks, so a month? Probably about a month or two. Okay. I'm wondering if we start on this thing and you attempt to cash flow it, whatever's left, you make a payment the mm-hmm. following month and finish it off with them. You make that agreement with them on paper. Yeah. But, yeah, and I, this is not ideal, but just from a cash flow perspective, George, if, if you could put up with it, um, if you're okay living for three, four, five, six months with just the yeah, uh, if it's not a, the a ceiling not, safety issue. Well, once the drywall's in, if you're comfortable looking oh, at yeah. that dry finish mud, it later. <laughs> finish it a little bit later. I'm just saying that's an option. Yeah. When we talk about cash yeah, Is this yeah, your entire yeah, family? Yeah. Is it you? Uh, yeah, it's my family. It's my wife and two children. Oh, the wife okay. is probably not going to go for that. I got a strong feeling. Right? The, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like it, it would be better if we had the ceiling finished. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, George is okay with the cash flow, and that's what I was thinking. As long mm-hmm. as it's not debt, and we're not any interest payments on that, and they're giving, they're going to work with you. I yeah. think that's fantastic. And 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 I'd still get a few yeah, bids. I would too. And even say, hey, if I do all six, you know, six grand up front cash, would you guys be willing to work with me on this? And they may, may be willing to do that to have some instant cash flow. Maybe. Um, Don't get your hopes up on these trades. Sometimes a cash deal makes, I get, you know. Even on the trades where they're yeah. just in demand? Well, sometimes you, you get cold, hard cash and they like that when you flash the green, Ken. I'm just Ken. saying. Did but you say cold hearted? Cold heart. Hard cash. <laughs> oh, hard. Cold-hearted cash. Cold-hard. Okay, yeah. I see. But to, to the question, if it's urgent, unexpected, and necessary, it's an emergency. you pull from the emergency fund. Yeah. If you can't say yes to all those, it's probably justification. Yeah. But I like this case. I like this situation. I think you can cash it's flow pretty serious. I think you can cash flow it, which is a good move. All right, good advice, George, as always. Good hour to my friend and uh, to James Childs, our fearless leader, and the crew in the booth. Thank you. Thank you, America, for listening. This is The Ramsey Show.